Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon, he's the DJ. His name is Shim, he's the rock star. Class is in session, and as we left off on the last episode, we were talking about crazy things that have happened on the road. And kind of what sparked this conversation was something that hit the internet, it was a while ago now, at a behemoth show, where the band was up on stage, I believe one of the members was filming, and as he's filming the crowd, you see what looks like a mosh pit. You know, it's a group of people, like, you know, the big circle, um, you know, and it's just kind of an empty space. But as he zooms in, you realize that's not a mosh pit. Uh, it's it's a, a fallacious act happening in the middle of these people, which is why they have separated from this group that's in the middle of this kind of empty space. So I figured this was a good way to kind of spark the topic of What's some of the crazy road stories? Uh, maybe some stories about things that people don't know, which brings me to my Papa Roach story. Um, I'm not really sure how crazy the story is, but we learned something that day. And I was wondering if you, it, it, the, the story that we have, if it's something that you do as well when you're on the road, or if it's like a one-off thing because we were made to believe that this thing that happened at Papa Roach every single band does oh yeah like a spinal tap moment that happens to every band well tell me this I see I've got a story in the back of my head ready for after when you're done but I got a feeling your story is going to take us off on a tangent so tell me what happened uh, most likely so the Papa Roach show this was back in woo, 2004 I think it was either 2004 2005 I was living in Eugene Oregon and they were in town for a concert and when we went to the show that night, we were given uh, basically backstage ba uh, passes that we didn't realize were backstage passes. So it's me and a few of my friends that work at the radio station. And the whole time we're hanging out backstage after the concert and we're like, well, how do we actually get backstage? Because the whole time we're just standing behind the venue like a group of idiots just waiting like, ooh, to get their autograph when it's like we're trying to get back in there. Um so my one friend, he knows one of the record reps and another guy knows somebody else. So like they're on the phone trying to call people right now. And then out of nowhere, one of the security guards walks up and he was like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, we're trying to see if we can connect with so-and-so or do you know this guy? And he goes, you guys have passes right now. You're wearing them. Just come back here. Like, and we had no clue. He's like, no, just walk back here. He goes, that's what that sticker is. He goes, the thing that you're wearing gets you back here. So we're like, oh, sweet. So we head on back. We're hanging out. The band's kind of bouncing around. I can't remember who was playing with them that day. But we get backstage. We end up in this small room. And the guy who led us back there, he's like, hey, guys, help yourself to the stuff. Whatever you do, don't touch that bottle of wine. But other than that, just kind of help yourself to some beers, help yourself to some food, just hang out and have some fun. So we're like, cool. And we're kind of keeping to ourselves. We're not, you know, interacting with other people. We're just kind of taking in the scenery, if you will. And so fast forward about 20 minutes, all of a sudden we see their road manager just kind of running around like a maniac, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he has this big bag of tube socks, like brand new tube socks that they had just purchased at, I'm guessing, Costco. And the whole time we're like, well, this is weird. This like, what the hell is he doing with those tube socks? Come to find out as we were talking with our boss the next day, who's been in the radio business for you know 20 years longer than I have, he's like, yeah, he goes, most bands just have tube socks. And what they do is they go buy a new package because they're cheap and it's easier and cheaper than having to do the laundry. So what they do is they just wear one set of tube socks and then they just throw them away when they're done. And it absolutely blew our minds, which then sparked the terminology of it rocks like tube socks 
of course, in our group of people. But now I want my question for you is, is this an actual thing or were we lied to? No, that would definitely be a thing. And I actually think that that's genius. I think that's total genius because I hate doing the laundry on my socks. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I hate it. I hate it because the socks... And the reason is because the socks are the thing that stink out the bus more than anything. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been on a, on a tour bus, it stinks no matter what, no matter how clean you try to keep it because you got five to ten sweaty ass guys or girls and you're sweating on stage and then you got to find somewhere to put this sweaty clothes. Every night you're sweating out your clothes and usually you get to a thing where you're like, you're freezing it and then you're hanging it up in the back lounge, in the back uh the, the the closet area or whatever so now the closet is just this cesspit of horrible funk dead body smell but you febreze it so now you got a dead body smell that is covered in febreze they don't cancel each other out they just multiply yum so i think actually really i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna steal that idea because for me i travel around with a, i know it sounds silly but it's it really is like that forrest gump moment where uh, Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan says, like, if you're in my platoon, you got to change your socks every time we stop because of the, you know, the, the, the gangrene and the funk that can come up on your, on your feet from walking through the water and blah, 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 blah. He's like, change your socks every time we stop. And it's true because if you don't, after a while, I've had a couple of problems come up. I remember when I first started touring, I had a couple of problems come up with my feet, with them just getting a little bit too funky because I wasn't paying attention to that. And it actually makes perfect sense that you go and you buy a huge thing. It's, what, what are, what's the difference between tube socks and socks? Uh, tube socks don't have a heel. Regular socks have, like, they're actually designed so that you, you there's a specific spot where your heel goes. Right. Tube socks are basically a tube, so you can almost put them on in any direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense because it doesn't matter. You're just on stage and then you chuck them out. No, it's a genius idea. I can't believe I've never thought of that. It's actually, I'm actually kind of, I feel like a bit of an idiot now. Yeah, so we had absolutely no clue that this occurred. And so ever since then, and this was, you know, 15 years ago at this point, it rocks like tube socks because we found out from Papa Roach that they were the ones, uh, you know, that, that taught us about the bands basically buying tube socks and then they just chuck them after the fact because it's a lot easier than having to do the laundry. And then this was also the night. So as we were hanging out backstage and we're watching this guy with the tube socks, we didn't realize how much beer we had been drinking. Um, and so, because we just kind of kept getting into the cooler and grabbing a beer. And then it got to the point where we noticed that the beer was gone. And my one friend looks at that bottle of wine uh, that we were told, don't touch this bottle of awesome. wine. Okay. And he's like, man, he goes, he's like, do you think anybody would notice? And I'm like, yeah, I think people are going to notice, man. It's like, we're not, we're not in a large room and it's not a small bottle of wine. Like it's not one of those little four pack bottles that you can get. It's a full bottle of wine. How are you going to hide that thing? So as and we're having specific instructions not to drink it. Exactly. So as we're having this argument, I'm like, dude, don't touch the bottle of wine. The drummer walks in and he grabs the bottle of wine and then he starts drinking it. And we're like, well, that solves that problem. We're not drinking that bottle of wine. I told you that, man. Right. Like that was, that was for somebody whenever there's one item like that somebody has specifically requested that yeah that's that's exactly what it is that's if there's a you, you have it's funny how people think that like rock stars are rock stars because of this sort of finicky shit but you have a section of stuff that you're like hey here's a 24 pack of bud light or whatever whatever that's just for people who are hanging out like hey like a, like a college party or something like yo there's the keg there's the whatever but bands you got to like people don't really think about it very much 
But I've had people that come over to uh, America from Australia and they do a little road trip or whatever. And they really look forward to getting a home-cooked meal back home after being on the road for a couple of weeks, just doing a holiday, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're having like Subway and deli trays or... um, you know, like a, a service, the 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 uh, you go to the gas station and there's like a tuna sandwich or whatever, and you got to make sure you stay away from anything that's seafood if you're not within like a hundred miles of the coast. And <clears throat> there's lots of little tricks and stuff of the trade. But I remember, I remember hearing like Steve Tyler before I started touring on the road, right? Uh, I saw an interview from back in the day with Steve Tyler and, and they were like, oh, you guys are such crazy rock stars. Is it true that one time you flipped over a table of your rider that had deli meats on it and because you asked for turkey on the bone? And it makes him sound like a dick, right? It makes him sound like they didn't bring him his turkey on the bone uh, and then he flips over the table. Now, obviously, <laughs> I don't agree with flipping over the table, but he actually explained it and he was like, Here's the reason why. When you get a deli tray, it's just a tray on a on a on a and random plate that's covered in plastic. You don't know where it's come from, you don't know how old it is, you don't know if it's fresh, you don't know how much crap they put in it, you don't know what brand it is. And you're eating that every day. That's your that's your dinner every day, is this deli tray and sandwich stuff and you're gonna make a sandwich and that's that's what you get because you're playing somewhere they're playing arenas. And you can't just go out to, you know, the re- local restaurant because you're Aerosmith. And so his thing was like, if I get a turkey on the bone, then I know that it's been made in the last day or so, and it's been cooked today, and it's fresh, and it's like it's real food. Mm-hmm. And I've got to, and he's like, and I've got to eat every day. Like, and you kind of, after I'd been doing it for a while, I was like, yeah, you get your little like your tube socks and your bottle of wine or whatever. You have your little things that you kind of need to make the road feel like home, mm-hmm. and. And they're not because it's not it's not your family and it's not your bed. Most people go home to their family or their bed or their whatever, and they have their food in their fridge. That's their usual go to stuff because they go to the same supermarket or they know the local guy, and none of that stuff exists on tour. So people get really finicky about, you know. That's that's why and that's why I appreciate when you when you're advancing a show, and the guy who's organizing the show actually calls and says, hey. Uh, can you send your rider of the specific stuff you want and add anything else because you know you're in Texas or you're in you know so if you're in Texas you say yeah we want to we want two two racks of ribs because we know that the ribs are good in Texas or whatever and you can't get good ribs in you know Milwaukee or whatever mm-hmm. you know so it's really actually kind of cool when people actually go hey we we understand you're in a band and it's you know that that there are challenges out there so they help to accommodate that because they're not going to they're not going to do anything they can't do anything else they're not going to fly your family in they're not going to necessarily buy you five amazing hotel rooms so you've got an awesome bed to sleep in so they just go yeah when we go and get the beer and the wine and the whatever we'll we'll make sure we make a stop and pick up the specific thing that you want and it makes a big difference so tube socks are very important and you should not have drunk that bottle of wine they would have flipped out <laughs> well that's what i kept trying to tell my friend i'm like dude like the, the one item there that's for somebody specifically i had a um, kind of a similar story too uh, when it came to stone sour I ended up backstage at a Stone Sour concert, and but this one, I didn't have to say anything because their road manager, that dude, took control of that room. He let everybody know what the hell was up, and we're sitting there hanging out, and I can't remember, again, who the opening band was, but I was sitting there talking with them, and as the road manager goes through, he's like, if you guys want, he goes, this is the food for everybody else. You guys can help yourself to this. This is so-and-so's, and he's like, and this bottle of Jack, do not touch it. It's for Corey. 
And everybody's like, all right, cool. Like, so that's, you know, every, everybody knows that, that, that that's his, so nobody touches it. Yeah. Fast forward to the end of the night, I'm shooting the shit with Corey Taylor, and out of nowhere, and I'm already pretty well wasted at this point. He was like, hey, man, you want a drink? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. And he, he gets like a full pint glass, and he just puts a couple of ice cubes in it, and then just goes, glug, 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 with the jack, and then he goes over and he grabs the Coke, and he goes, Splash, <laughs> and then he hands me the drink, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die tonight! Yeah. I'm literally gonna die thanks to Corey Taylor, and I love yeah. it. This is gonna be amazing. That's I am gonna love this story. Yeah, no, that's the stuff that's worth the story. I was, um, uh, I remember seeing the uh, the documentary on why the fuck am I blanking on his name? I'm so tired. Um, uh, Motor Motorhead. Oh, Lemmy. What's this thing? Lemmy. Fucking Lemmy. Fucking Lemmy, the, the documentary on Lemmy, and and I think it was, I can't remember what band it was, but it was a hardcore band. I think it was like the guys from Anthrax. And they were like, they went backstage. <laughs> they go backstage, and he, and Lemmy's apparently, he was, he was a gentleman and a scholar and all the good stuff, and he was like a godfather of, of punk rock to all these bands. And they're like, holy shit, we're hanging out in the back with Lemmy. And he invites Anthrax in the dressing room, I think it was that band. And, and he's like, hey man, you guys want a jack? You want a drink? You want some Jack? And they were like, yeah, sure. We'll have a drink with Lemmy. And so they think they're going to get a glass of Jack. And he just, he pulls out four bottles of Jack and opens it and hands it to each one of them. And now they're just holding an entire bottle of Jack. And he takes a hit. And they're, and they're like, oh, this is what it's like to drink with Lemmy. And he's just sitting there talking for a couple hours, drinking it. And they, they had to just kind of try to keep up. And that's kind of what it's, that's the thing that I find funny with bands that are, you know, really hardcore bands. Once you're out there, and you build up that tolerance. That's how they drink, man. I can't. I don't. I can't do that stuff anymore. I don't really. <laughs> didn't really do it. I didn't really do it that much before. Like I had my. I had my nights, but like, like a whole bottle. God damn. Woof. You know. But those guys. But yeah. That's. But those are the stories. Those are the funny things. Like I was trying to tell. It's funny. We were doing this. Uh, we were doing it. We just finished a show, uh, in um, uh, Utah for the Edge up in Utah in. Um, is it is you see this is the thing we we have this weird fucking thing where we're technically in nevada right okay but we're right we're right on the border like we're literally half a mile from from idaho so we're right on the border and the phones everybody's phone had a different time on it like my phone and jamie's phone were the same and pow and brian's phone were an hour earlier and we actually got to the gig half an hour late because we didn't. We thought we were gaining an hour by coming in, and they were like, "No, no, everyone makes that mistake. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <clears throat> but like, we um. Point being is, I'm here with the band, and we hold on, hold on one second. I don't know what the fuck's going on with my hold on. clock in my fucking hotel keeps switching someone some person before me switched the alarm on and now it's been it's been turning on every five minutes during the podcast i don't know if you could hear it <laughs> but like it's driving me nuts i just had to rip it out of the fucking wall um so anyway i'm here i'm here with the guys and <clears throat> pow is the designated single guy and i'm doing everything i can to get this kid laid like but like he's just he's very particular 
And so in terms of like, like there was, there was a girl that saw the show and he's, you know, he's 28 now or whatever it is. And it's free. He's supposed to be having the time of his life. And I try to tell him like, dude, just, you know, you got a hotel room. If you meet a girl, buy her a drink, see if you can, you know, do, do your thing. None of my business, but like do something, do something. you got a hotel room. You just did a great show and he never closes. He can't close. And there was this, or he doesn't want to close. I shouldn't say he can't because he totally could, but he chooses not to. And we got into it and and there was this girl that seemed interested and then eventually something came up where he was like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to. She's with her friend and it's complicated and I don't know what to do about, you know, what's what I don't want to deal with the baggage and X, Y, Z. And and then also he said, like, she looks a little crazy and I kind of like crazy, but I'm not sure if I like that kind of crazy. And I said, dude, this entire the only thing that really keeps you going in this game is the stories you know, when Corey Taylor pours you a, a glass of Jack with a splash of Coke, these are the stories. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have, the, you're not supposed to have the time of your life, but you need you need to build up some stories. And ironically, all my band's stories are at the moment is us all in the hotel room after the show watching Big Mouth, <laughs> having a great time. But that's, because the, th- the three of us, we're not going out like <clears throat> Brian and uh, Jamie and me, we're off the market. So we're just hanging out with each other, watching Big Mouth, and, and but Pow has the best, I think he has a better time with us than going chasing tail. And I probably would too, because I got the best band of the world. We're really, we really have a great time just hanging out with each other. But like, I keep trying to tell him like, just go off and get in some fucking trouble. We'll bail you out if you get arrested, but do something. And I'm still trying to, I'm trying so hard to corrupt <laughs> him. And I know he's listening right now because he listens to the podcast, but I'm trying to corrupt him and he's so, He's just too good. He's too nice. He's too sweet for his own good. But he's like a badass guitar player who just, he's funny as shit. And then when it comes to this other stuff, I'm like, go and just break a window or do something rock and roll. And he's like, nah, let's watch Big Mouth. (laughs) It's fucking. Well, the most rock and roll thing you got going right now, it's uh, pulling alarm clocks out of the walls because the alarm won't stop going off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I miss, I had like, I don't know, I must have had five beers or whatever, or maybe a few more. But like the edge through a VIP party afterwards, which was heaps of fun, and the guys from the station were great. But I I totally misread the altitude. I basically went up and you know spent a couple of hours at this party afterwards with the band, and then I got up to the room and I'm like, why the fuck do I feel like shit? And I and then someone was like, yeah, you know we're like a mile and a half above the ground, and I totally forgot. And now I'm just so yeah, I'm ripping clocks out of the wall. <laughs> but anyway, so the, switching back to the story, the road story. I, I never really had, I don't really think I have any finicky stuff. The funniest shit, <laughs> the funniest shit happened at this gig yesterday where um, Bob from FM, my management, he calls me up a few days early and he's like, okay, I'm sending your rider, all the normal stuff. Is there anything you want to add on? Because it's a casino in the middle of nowhere. You'll probably get, you know, a buffet, but there's not going to really be any food. So do you want anything specific? My thing for anyone who, who follows my stuff is oatmeal. So I'll have, if, if, if there's nothing else to eat, if there's only, if there's no sandwich platter, if there's nowhere to get food, if there's not, I know that I can have a couple of bowls of oatmeal and I'm ready for the show. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't eat, I'm not going to do a great show. If I eat that, then I'm going to do a good show. So that's like my insurance policy. So I'm like, he's like, yeah, so you just want some oatmeal. And I'm like, yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, actually, you probably should specify 
I need oatmeal and something to make it with. Like I need like, you know, some styrofoam cups and like a kettle to boil water. Because I, cause the worst thing that can happen is you're in a hotel that doesn't have a kettle or anything and, you, and then you're, you don't know how to actually fucking make it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, kettle for hot water. <clears throat> so I get to the, to the show and they go to, they, they, they say, oh, here, here's your little corner. It's a tent. It's all outdoors. So there's a tent that's set up, you know, a few feet away from the stage and all the band's shit set up. And then they've got like Jack and, you know, bottles of Crown and XYZ. And I'm there and I've got like Gatorade and, you know, a six pack of beer and porridge, oatmeal. And that's it. And that's what my writer looks like. It looks like the lamest writer out of all these hardcore bands. And ironically, they they put a kettle, like this fucked up old, like it looked like they just pulled it out of the trash. Like this old ass kettle that was falling apart and there was nowhere to plug it in. They had the kettle, but they had no power anywhere. And you can't go to the stage and plug in a kettle to make porridge next to the the headliner's (laughs) guitar amp. So I was like, this is funny as shit because technically they gave me everything that I wanted. But then I was like, well, okay, I've got to, I got to kind of MacGyver my way through this making of this porridge. So I had to bring it all back up to the hotel, which was like a, a 10 minute walk all the way across the other side of the, of the lot. And then to make this porridge and just sitting there by myself, just waiting for the kettle to boil, make the shit to get it done. But I thought it was fucking hilarious. That like, yes, they technically gave me everything I asked for, but the one thing they, and it's true because if you had forgotten to say, if I'd forgotten to ask for the kettle, they never would have given me the kettle. They would have said, oh yeah, here's everything you asked for. And then I would have been jacked. Mm-hmm. Point being, my little story, there's no, there's no point to that story. I don't know why the fuck I went on that tangent. Anyway, um, <laughs> so my weird little story, which is a true fact, people ask me if this actually happened. It actually did happen. It was fucking embarrassing but it was it was on the second album cycle when we were touring really heavily and everything was kind of automated like the way you know like you didn't really have to think about much you just had to it was rinse and repeat you know where the next show is you know when you're getting back on the bus you know what time you got to wake up sound check you know you got a couple hours you go and get the food you do you go to the radio station blah 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 everything's kind of on autopilot so when when things are thrown in the mix that are not planned sometimes you just don't know what to do or you just miss them so the routine was that when we're on the way to the show, the bus driver would usually make a stop for gas. Mm-hmm. And you can feel, when you're in the bunk, you can feel when the bus stops, right? So I've got a, you, the rule on the bus is you, there's a bus, uh, uh, there's a bathroom on the bus. The rule is you can go number ones, you don't go number twos because it just stinks out the whole bus. And, and it takes a long time to get the smell away. So if you go to do a number two, you, you wait for a stop or you ask the bus driver to stop. And you go in the uh, petrol station. So I, in, in my bunk, I feel the bus stop. And the rule is you got to go, you get up and you put a pillow on uh, on the driver's seat. You put this little pillow from the front lounge on the driver's seat and then he gets back on the bus and he knows, oh, someone's gotten off the bus. Oh, I've got to wait for them to get back. They've gone to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was so half asleep, I forgot the pillow. So I go to the service station and I go to the bathroom and I walk out and the bus is gone. It's just gone. Uh-oh. And I don't have my phone. I don't have anything. I've got nothing. And I don't know where I am, and I don't know where I'm going because the bus just takes you there, and then you get there, and you you wake up, and you go, where are we today? And they go, Portland, Maine. Oh, okay, cool. Because when you're on tour for that long, you just kind of forget about it. So now I'm at the service station with nothing, dude, with nothing. Like, I'm basically in my pajamas, wasn't wearing shoes because I just was half asleep. Mm-hmm. And I look like a fucking homeless person, dude. And I go, <laughs> so I go into the, 
I go into the um, service station and I ask this lady, who was very nice, she was very accommodating. And I'm like, hey, uh, I need a phone, please, real quick, because I've got to call someone and get them to turn around. And she's like, oh, of course. And she gives me the phone, the service station landline. And I realize I don't know anyone's phone number because they're all saved in my phone. And I don't remember anyone's number. Like I haven't physically called anyone forever. And I definitely don't know the bus driver's number. Yeah, all the numbers are in your phone. <clears throat> they're all saved. So I'm like, I start to, I'm spinning my wheels and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I might actually be in trouble. I don't know. They're going to get there. He's not going to know. He's going to drive all the way to wherever the next show is. Mm -hmm. so, I, so I have to say to this woman, and I look like I'm homeless. I look like I'm about to ask her for spare change. And I'm like, hey, uh, I'm actually in uh, a rock and roll band and I'm on tour. And uh, I was in that bus that pulled up and she was like, oh yeah, I saw that bus. They left a few minutes ago. And as I'm thinking, I'm thinking the further the bus gets away, the more fucked I am. So the clock is ticking. And I was like, I need to catch up with, I need to contact that bus, but I don't know how and I need to figure it out. And she was like, well, where is it going? And I said, I don't know. I, I don't, which direction did it drive? And she was like, I don't, I didn't see what direction it left. Like it just, it was there. And then I did something and it was gone. I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucked. So she actually got on my, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. She looks up the band on my website to find out where my next fucking show is. And she says, oh, and I don't remember where the show is. Oh, it's in, it's in Vegas. You're going that direction. And I'm like, okay, but what do I do with that information? I can't call them, I can't do anything. So <clears throat> she gets the janitor and she's like, hey, John, have you got your car? And he was like, yeah. She said, all right, this guy's in trouble. And I'm like, dude, if you can give me a ride, I'll just, I'll just spot you 50 bucks right now. As soon as I get to the, the bus, I'll, I'll, got, I'll give you 50 bucks. And, you know, can you, can you hook me up? I'm kind of in a, in, a, in a bind. And he was like, yeah, man, sure, 50, yeah, whatever. You just need me to, and so, so I get in this random guy's car. It was this dinked up little Honda Civic that just barely started, dude. It was like busted up. We were in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he starts hauling us down the freeway and we're going, we must've been driving for 40 minutes because we, we had to make up for the time we'd lost and then the bus is still moving. So he's going like a hundred and the bus usually, the freeways are like 80, the bus driver usually does 90 cause who gives a shit. And so now we're hauling us at a hundred, 110 trying to catch up with this bus. Finally, you should have seen the look on the bus driver's face when I'm like Keanu Reeves from Speed. <laughs> like leaning out the car door. Fucking waving out the window. I'm like, stop the bus, <laughs> pull over. There's a bomb on your bus. And I'm screaming at the driver and he looks at me like, what the fuck are you doing in the car? I thought you were in the back. He's freaking out. He pulls the thing over. We pull over next to him and he's like, he he's more scared than anything. He's like, he thinks he's in trouble. He thinks I'm going to yell at him like, you motherfucker, you left without me. And I just had to be like, hey man, my fault. I forgot the pillow and I'm lucky I found you. And he was, all he said was, dude, don't tell, don't tell the band. Please don't tell your manager in the band or anyone. I'm, I'll get fired. Like, I was like, dude, it's cool. It's between us. Mm -hmm. Cause we both kind of like, he didn't really fuck up. He didn't know, but I was like, it's a bit, I was like, it's all right. It's all right. We didn't tell anyone for like years. We had like three different bus drivers before I ever told anyone that story. Cause I forgot about it by the time we had a new bus driver. And then someone asked me what the weirdest thing that happened on tour was. And I remembered that. And I was still half asleep by the time I got back on the bus, got on the bus, found my wallet, gave the guy a 50. He was like, cool, man. See you later. Boom. He was gone. 
and it was like and then we got on the bus as if nothing had happened and we woke up and like I kind of gave the bus driver a little James Bond like like we're we like we know the the straight dope but no one else really knows what's going on like there was one time we sort of winked at each other like you good yeah I'm good you good okay cool and then we and then we never spoke of it again <laughs> and that was like and I couldn't believe it happened it was like that thing out of <clears throat> almost famous where the guys running after the bus I couldn't believe that it actually happened. It was like Spinal Tap. There's all these Spinal Tap moments that you find in your life when you're touring. And you go, I can't believe this. Like when you're backstage and you're walking around with your instruments and you can't find the stage door. That shit really happens. Like you do so many shows. (laughs) Every once in a while, one of those things happen and you go, and the, the catchphrase is always, oh my God, this is so Spinal Tap. That was one of the most Spinal Tap moments and it came out of Almost Famous where they leave without, and it's the lead singer. How do you leave without the lead singer? What are you going to do when you get to the show and you're missing the lead singer? They would have been screwed and I would have had to wear it too. They would have, and all because of a fucking pillow. All because you forgot the pillow. Just one pillow, one one of those little things. You think of those things like you make one tiny mistake when you're in the routine of it and, and it really, it can throw a spanner in the works hardcore, man. So that was that was the first story that came to mind when you were asking like, what's the crazy tourist story that people wouldn't believe? That actually happened. So to wrap up this episode, uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you: Have you ever done the green M and M's? No, trip? no, we haven't. Only because there is a for anyone who doesn't know what the green M and M's trick. It was Van Halen, right? Was it Van Halen? I believe it was, but I've seen it attributed to other bands. I've also seen it attributed to. Very specific road managers, but what I had always heard is it was Van Halen that had done it. Do you know why they did it? Yeah, it's so basically they put okay, hold, in on, their- hold on, 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 hold Here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up this one and we're going to tease for the next one, all right? Because this story is actually really good and it'll lead into some good stuff. So we're going to wrap up this one and we're going to get the first thing we're going to bring up in the next podcast is why bands ask and follow Van Halen's lead and ask for only green MMs in their rider. There's actually a really specific reason. So let's wrap it up and we'll get to that in the next one. We'll start it off with that. That's a good tease. Well played, sir. Really uh, quick, yeah. before uh, before we wrap up this episode, uh, be, uh, be sure to always hit us up on social media. We've got Shim over at Twitter. It's at Shim Moore. That's S-H-I-M-M-O-O-R-E. You can hit me up over on Instagram. It's Brandon underscore Goat underscore Coats. And that is Coats with an E between the T and the S. It's C-O-A-T. E-S. So you can find us up there. If there's ever a question you have for us, if there's ever a topic you want us to cover, uh, you are more than welcome to hit us up there. Again, that's at Shimmore, S-H-I-M-M-O-O-R-E over on Twitter. And you can find me over on Instagram. It's Brandon underscore Goat underscore Coats. And on that note, we will wrap up this episode of the podcast of Rockstar 101. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ. Class dismissed.